more time. Heavenly Father, we praise you. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that you have brought us here and that you have loved us, each one individually. And so, Father, I pray that as we look to your word and we look to understand what it is that we believe, that we believe, that you would draw us close, reassure us, give us hope, and just love us. Teach us something new, Lord. Give us ears to hear the message that your Holy Spirit would speak to your church this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I thought it might be a little bit of fun today to start our lesson by looking at some of the promises that have been made for us, some of which have, and some of which have not been kept. How many of you have ever drank Red Bull? Anyone drink Red Bull? All right, how many of you have wings? No, because Red Bull did not give us wings, though that was their advertising slogan, Red Bull will give you wings. And here's the deal, that follow through or that lack of follow through on a promise that Red Bull made cost that company $13 million in lawsuits. Snap, crackle and pop, we all eat that, right? They burst a lot of bubbles when their cereal failed to keep the children who were eating it from getting sick. Because for a time, they put a, an advertisement up there that says it will boost children's immunities. But in fact, there was nothing in that box did anything to boost immunities. And so the FDA sued them and made them stop putting that false claim on their boxes. But I'll tell you, not all advertisers' promises are bad and go unkept, because here's a promise kept. Potpourri. How many of you have ever used the poopery? You can go ahead and admit it. Okay, okay, all right. Listen, it is this little spray for those of you who have never used it that you spray on the toilet before you go, all right? And they have given us a stink-free guarantee. And let me tell you, it works. It works. This little bottle has saved many a marriage, mine included. Okay, I will not ever travel without it. We had three bottles that we took on the mission trip and we just handed them back and forth from person to person. Who's got the poopery? And we, it, let me tell you something, promise kept. It is a stink-free guarantee. All right, but here's the deal, okay? Sometimes you can believe what it is that is promised to you and sometimes you can't. And we have spent the last several weeks taking a closer look at the Apostles' Creed, right? And my prayer is that over these past few weeks, as we have done so, you've gotten a better understanding of what it is that we're confessing that we believe when we say that Apostles' Creed together. I'll tell you, for one, I have learned so much about the Father, the Son, I learned about the Holy Spirit. I learned about the broken and beautiful church. I learned a thing or two about heaven and hell and about the forgiveness of sins. And today we're going to look at life everlasting. Life everlasting or eternal life, um, as some Bible translations put it. It's the Greek word. Um, it's consistent. The Greek word all throughout the scriptures is ionios. And look, that's what ionios looks like when it's written in Greek. But you and I, we can be assured that this eternal life is ours and is going to be ours because eternal life is a promise of God. 
Okay, and here's the difference between God's promises and our promises. We're human beings and we make promises and we fail and we falter and we fall short very often. But God does not. All throughout the scriptures, God has made promises to his people. And there is not one single instance where God has not come through and made good on that promise. Not one. And so as we look closely at this concept of everlasting life or eternal life, we're going to see a few things about it. The first thing I want you to know is that it is a cooperative effort. Eternal life is a cooperative effort. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have a part in making eternal life possible for you. But guess what? You've got a part in it too. And that's what I want us to explore today. So eternal life is promised to you and me by God. Both of our scripture readings this morning came from the Gospel of John. There are Throughout scriptures, there are 42 instances where the phrase eternal life or everlasting life is mentioned. And 22 of those are in the gospel of John. John felt that the concept of eternal life was so important for you and me to know that he gives it literally as the reason why he wrote his gospel. The very last chapter, the last verse of the Gospel of John says this, but these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have eternal life in his name. You want to know why I wrote this book, John says? I wrote it so you could believe that Jesus is the Christ and so that you could have eternal life. Now, I'm going to share a few more scriptures with you because I love them, okay? How about the most important, most well-known scripture in all of our Bible? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. John 3, 36. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains upon him. John 5, 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who has sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. And I think it's very important for you and me to know today that this eternal life that has been promised to you and me by God, it isn't some future thing that starts when we die. Okay? It is ours the instant, the instant you give your life to Jesus. That scripture up there behind me doesn't say whoever hears and believes will have eternal life. No, it says whoever believes has right now has eternal life. It doesn't say the believer will cross over from death to life. It says the believer has crossed over. He has crossed over and has eternal life. Now you might be thinking, how can I have eternal life now? I'm not even dead yet. To which I say, most people are misled by the idea that eternal life starts in heaven. It doesn't. It starts here on earth. You and I have eternal life right now. 
Not just when we die. I'm telling you, we have it right now. Now, once there were two little girls and they were counting their pennies together. And the first girl counted her pennies. She said, one, two, three, four, five. I got five cents. And her little friend counted her pennies and she said, one, two, three, four, five. I got 10 cents. And the little girl said, no, you have the same as I do. Look, you have five pennies. One, two, three. And the little girl interrupted her and she said, wait a minute. My daddy says that when I get home, he's giving me five cents. So one, two, three, four, five. I got 10 cents. See, that little girl understood the concept that if her father promised something to her, it was hers. There was no doubt that she was going to have that extra five cents. She counted it as hers. And that, friends, is how eternal life is for you and me. It's ours right away. The minute we receive Jesus as our Savior. Now, many people think that eternal life means that we're going to live forever. But living forever isn't the definition that Jesus gave for eternal life. And here's why. You're going to live forever. Your soul is eternal. All right? Already. With or without Jesus, your soul is eternal. And so you're going to exist spiritually after this life somewhere. Either you're going to exist together with God, we call that heaven, or you're going to exist apart from God, we call that hell, right? So if the promise of eternal life doesn't refer to us living forever, then the question becomes, what is this eternal life that we are promised and that we believe to be ours? Well, eternal life, first of all, is so important for you and me. I'm going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to tell you it's so important for you and me. So important, in fact, that John 3.16 tells us that it's the whole reason that Jesus came to this earth. Okay? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life for you was purchased by the Savior. Promised by God, purchased by the Savior. Jesus gave his life for our sins so that we could receive forgiveness. Jesus purchased that forgiveness at the very cost of his life when he laid it down for you and me. And it is that forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ that leads us to the eternal life that Jesus promises us. And here's how. Remember, sin, when we have it, separates us from God. When we have sin, we are apart from him, and that's the same as death. And to be separated from God is to be dead. And without the work of Jesus, that death for you and me could have been eternal. But life, that's when we're brought back close to God through the forgiveness that Jesus has purchased for us. Ephesians 2, Paul reminds us of this. He says, as for you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions. But God, because of his great love for us, made us alive in Christ Jesus. Louis Giglio is one of my favorite preachers. He said it like this. Sin didn't just make us bad people. Oh, no, it's much worse than that. Sin made us dead people. But praise be to God, he made us alive through Jesus Christ, through the forgiveness of the very sin that had us separated from God in the first place. So being alive with God forever... That's a beautiful side effect of being given everlasting life through faith in Jesus Christ. It is great. It is awesome. It is groovy. But it's a side effect. Going to heaven is only part 
of the eternal life that Jesus has bought for you and me. He, but Jesus says to you and me, it is so much more than that. Here's how Jesus defined eternal life, okay? He said this in John 17, three. He said, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life, Jesus says, is knowing God. And to some, that might sound like a disappointing definition. Like you don't have something to look forward to. Eternal life is just to know God. Oh, I know God, but isn't there something more? To which I say, oh, yes, there's something more. There is so, so much more. And the more lies in the understanding of what the scriptures mean when they use the word know. Because in the Bible, the word know doesn't just speak of some intellectual understanding, okay? Some knowledge that we have or some awareness that we have of something or someone. In scriptures, the word know means to have an intimate, close, special, and personal relationship. Hmm. When I was a teenager, oh, you're younger. I played the organ with Larry Ferrari. How many of you know who Larry Ferrari is? Yeah, there's a lot of hands. Okay, so, so I used to play the organ, and uh, my grandmother lived at the Presbyterian home at 58th Street, and uh, Larry Ferrari was coming there to do a benefit, like a fundraiser benefit, and I got to play with him at that fundraiser. It was cool. We had some rehearsal. I got to eat dinner at the table with Larry Ferrari, and then I got to play organ with Larry Ferrari, and I felt like kind of a big shot because I knew a famous person, and so... Maybe I was a little immature and I showed off about that when I was at school and I would be like, yeah, I knew Larry Ferrari. And, um, but here's the thing, now that I'm older, I understand that I didn't know Larry Ferrari. I met Larry Ferrari, but I didn't know him at all. This is my daughter up here. Isn't she pretty? She is the younger, skinnier, prettier version of me, I say. Um, but here's the thing. We tell the same exact jokes, my daughter and I. And sometimes she'll open her mouth to say something, and I'm saying the exact same thing at the same time. Like, we are, I don't know, Ike and Mike, we are exactly alike, she and I. And, um, and so the other day, I was having a cup of coffee with her in our kitchen, and she, also studying to be a nurse, was telling me about a 17-year-old gunshot victim that she was taking care of in the ER. And um, she said this kid was scared, and, um, and she just was, her heart went out to him. And... As she started to tell me this song, I mean this story, she started to cry a little bit. And as I listened to my daughter tell this story, I started to cry a little bit too. Um, and I believe that I started to cry because I could literally feel my daughter's anguish. I understood her feelings so deeply that I literally felt them along with her. And that was so because I know my daughter. I have a close, intimate, special, and personal relationship with her. I know her. And friends, that's what Jesus said is eternal life. It's to know God. He was speaking of that kind of a relationship, a close, intimate, special, and personal relationship with your Father in heaven. That's the more. That's the more, and I'm telling you, the more is awesome. 
The sad thing is that so many people do in fact believe that Jesus died to forgive their sins, but they don't have that close, personal, intimate relationship with him or with the Father. I guess that some people just think that that business all starts when we get to heaven. So they fail to nurture the relationship in the here and the now. They're content just to muddle through life somehow and sing songs about when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. But I don't want to take anything from heaven, okay? And I don't, heaven's going to be incredible for you and me. And I love that song. And it is going to be a day of rejoicing. But this is a day of rejoicing. Because if Jesus says that eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus whom he has sent, and to know God is to have a close personal relationship with him, why would we ever think that God wanted to put that off until the day we die? No, God wants it now. God wants to know you now. He wants you to know him now. He wants to be a part of your life this minute and everyone from now until the day you join him in heaven. He doesn't want to wait till you die for you to get to know him. God wants that relationship now. And that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us always, to live in you, to love you, and to perfect the relationship that God longs to have with you so that you know God. Eternal life is perfected by the Holy Spirit of God. Church, I want you to understand when we talk to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit hears and moves and answers. And when he does that, you know that you have been intimately known by God in heaven. When you spend time in the word or in worship or when you meditate on the things that God is doing in your life, the Holy Spirit directly interacts with you and you know that you have been utterly loved upon by God. When you adore him, God, through the Holy Spirit, adores you right back. There are times when I'm in worship and I'm pouring out a little love on God and the Holy Spirit moves in me in a way that I know I can feel God loving me back. It's hard to put into words. But when you're loved by God, there is a particular assurance. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. There's a particular warmth that he gives you. And sometimes that causes me to well up with tears. I call them glory tears. Tears that slip out when you know that right then and there in that moment, you're being loved by the eternal God. That's eternal life, folks. And it's yours now. It's yours for the asking. So eternal life was promised by God. It was purchased by the Savior. It was perfected by the Holy Spirit. And your everlasting life, good news, is protected from the enemy. Jesus said this in John 10, 27. He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. And I and the father are one. So twice in this scripture, Jesus tells us that no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch you out of God's hand. 
Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means for you and me, folks? It means no circumstance, no person, no sin, no habit that has gotten a hold of you, no situation you could ever find yourself in can ever grab you from the hand of the one who has saved you. Jesus says, my father is greater than all. There is nothing on this earth or even under this earth that is stronger than your father's grip on you. No one can take you out of the father's hand. And that means no one can take away the eternal life that he has promised and purchased for you through Christ Jesus. Nothing and no one can take that away. My granddaughter, Kaylee, was little. Carl and I would take her to Disney World, and we would have to park her stroller so that we could get into the rides and the attractions, right? We'd have to go stand in line. And of course, it's crowded, so when I parked the stroller, I would grab a hold of Kaylee's hand, I would walk with her over to the line. Now, many times, she didn't want to hold my hand. She wanted to run on ahead, and she would try and wiggle her little hand out of mine to get loose. But my hand is bigger, and my hand is stronger, and I was not going to let her go lest she be lost to me. And that's how it is with you and God. Friends, sometimes we try to do our own thing. Sometimes we listen to the call of temptation better than we listen to the call of our shepherd. Sometimes we listen to the voice of the enemy more carefully than we listen to the voice of the God who calls us. And in doing so, we try and wiggle our hand out of God's hand. But thank God that it is not us who are holding on to him. It is he who is holding on to us. No one can snatch you from his hand. And no one can take away your eternal life. That is a promise of God. And that is a promise of God that you can take to the bank. And so what does all that mean for you and me? Friends, you and I have a God that literally gave everything to draw you near to himself. Why did he do that? He did it so that he could love you. Not just for eternity in heaven. He did it so that he could love you right here and right now as well. So let me tell you what, here's what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love him now. And I'm going to love him tomorrow and the day after that and the year after that. And for all of the rest of my life and all of eternity, I'm going to bask every moment of it in his love for me. I'm going to live every day of my life as though I've got a God who walks beside me every step of the way. Because that's what I've got. And I'm going to live this life in light of the eternity in heaven that he has promised me. That's what it means to truly live your life like you believe in the life everlasting as we profess in that Apostles' Creed. Friends, we've got a part in it. At the beginning of the sermon, I told you that this was a cooperative effort, right? Eternal life, it's promised by the Father. It's purchased by the Son. It's perfected by the Holy Spirit, but it must be pursued by you. Eternal life is a promise of God. It is a gift of God, but it's reserved for those who have asked for it, who pursue it through a relationship with the very one who made it possible. And that means first and foremost, 
if you have not already, asking Jesus to be your own personal savior, to forgive your sins and to bring you into this household of believers. But then it means bringing yourself here on Sunday morning so you can pour out your love for him in worship. It means getting yourself involved in a small group so that then God can pour into you. It means talking to him every day. It means immersing yourselves in his scriptures so you can better understand this God who loves you so very much. And it means opening up your heart and allowing the spirit to move in you and then move you to where God wants you to be. So I told you how I'm going to live my life and how I'm going to seek God in light of his promise of eternal life. My question for you today is, what about you? God is ready to do his part. Are you willing to do yours? Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Will you seek to know him? Lord, I pray that you would draw us close. You already know us, Lord, but help us to know you, that we would have eternal life, not just in heaven, but right this very moment. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.